Hey everybody, Turner here with your off-week content for the Gimme the Loot podcast. And what is probably your last regular off-week content release for the year. I'll get to that in just a second. This week, it's a rebroadcast of our interview with Greg Tito and Shelley Mazanoble, authors of Welcome to Dragon Talk, inspiring conversations about Dungeons and Dragons and the people who love to play it, which is a book containing a series of essays about the people they've met as the hosts of Dragon Talk, the official Wizard of the Coast podcast. You know, the Guest Quest have offered us an opportunity to meet all kinds of people at all levels throughout the community. And once again, we've met some incredibly uh, funny and charming and engaging and uh, generous with their time individuals in Greg and Shelley. And we you know, absolutely appreciate them coming on. They were a delight to talk to. And there would be no better way to thank them than to get over to where you buy your books and pick up a copy of Welcome to Dragon Talk when it releases on December 5th. Hey, that's just a couple days from now. So if you're not buying it from your local bookseller, which we highly recommend that you do, you can always get it from Amazon and we'll actually throw a link to that in the show notes below. Okay, so what did I mean about the last regular release of off-week content? In an effort to get the campaign episodes released, which wrap up Baba's Ark, so we can really jump into season three right around mid to the end of January, going to go into hardcore campaign edit mode and really focus on those for the next four to six weeks, getting those produced. While I can't guarantee that you'll get a campaign episode every week, what'll end up happening by focusing on the campaign episodes is you'll definitely get them every other week. You'll get supersized versions of them where possible. You'll get back-to-back releases. Going to do as much as we possibly can to get us going into early 2023 with season three. While the regular campaign episode cadence release will be the same throughout the rest of the year, you may not necessarily see everything on these off weeks until I get season two wrapped up. And then we'll go back into the regular rotation at that point. I don't think there's a whole lot of complaints that you guys are going to get more story, but you never know. Uh, We definitely have people in the Discord, those are lovely, lovely patrons who will at least comment at least once. You know who you are. You know who you are. But the rest of you, we appreciate you rolling with the punches. Once again, this is a rebroadcast of our streaming content. And unfortunately, Shelly had some internet connection issues at the first start of the, the interview. So she cuts in, then drops out for a bit, and then comes back in. Did everything we could to restore that audio. But heads up, as usual with the streaming rebroadcast, you're going to get a few more clicks, cargles, clacks, and clongs. And of course, this is our content, which means it's not family-friendly content, no matter how wholesome our guests are, due to a mix of profanity, crude humor, toilet rats, and stolen tacos. So, on that note, thank you as always. Good job voting, kids. I'm very, very proud of you. Thanks again for supporting Gimme the Belt. Hope you enjoy the rebroadcast of the show. Hey, Sneak Attack, everybody. Welcome uh, to another episode of the Guest Quest, uh, the tabletop roleplay community interview show brought to you by the Gimme the Loot podcast, the Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast that doesn't have the cultural cachet to be on the official Watsy podcast, but does have the marketing value to talk to them about their book. So speaking of which, <laughs> joining us tonight uh, are the very good sports, Greg Cheeto and Shelly Mazanoble. Yes. Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> Look, I grew up in Florida and Texas. I, I'm I'm lucky I got Greg right. Um, I, I, I had to practice that uh, before the before the show. So 
they, of course, are the uh, the hosts of Dragon Talk, the official uh, Dungeons & Dragons podcast, as well as being accomplished writers and podcasters and producers in their own right outside of the Watsi world. Uh, and very specifically, they're here tonight to talk about their new book, Welcome to Dragon Talk, uh, subtitle, subtitle that I had the notes written down just two seconds ago. uh, Welcome to Dragon Talk, inspiring conversations about Dungeons and Dragons and the people who love to play it. Greg and Shelley, thank you for joining us. Very excited to be here. Thank you. We haven't been streaming in so long. I'm excited to get back to it. (laughs) Well, you know, neither have we. So... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we, you're, you're easing into the kiddie pool for sure coming into this one. So that's uh, that's very good. We appreciate you joining us. Joining me tonight to talk to Greg and Shelley is... I am not used to going first. I know, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> I am Anthony who plays Baba Tunde on the Gimme the Loop podcast. Guys, uh, Jazz may pop in in a second when we do. Let's all give him a hard time for being late. Will do. Uh, uh, Harland, uh, Harland is in uh, another city. I, and and uh, Jamie had crunch, so he couldn't be here tonight. We do, even though we are a very small time stream, most main, more focused on the podcast side of things, we do like to treat cast members' absence like a news anchor who's not there. So uh, <laughs> they'll be, uh, we, we just don't have the replacement anchors yet. So Greg Shelley, thank you again. So uh, you guys, tell us, how did, um, I guess question number one is, how did you guys end up as co-hosts of, of Dragon Talk? Greg, did, were you hearing that, or was it? Is it just on our side that we're? I was. Yeah, it's uh, every other word, and faster and slower. Too. Yeah. Oh. Okay. See now, your network connection acted like it was better. Okay. It's acting. It's it's pretending. It is. <laughs> Pretend to be the internet. It's role. Play. <laughs> it's role play at its best. It's <laughs> luring us into a false sense of security. Insight checks, everybody. Nice. Well, so. I can jump in and try to answer while we're while we figure this out. What do you think? Um, well, we started almost accidentally, uh, as we figured out, as we, as, you know, Shelly was trying to say, mm-hmm. with her internet uh, going in and out, was it was it was not an intentional thing. There was the mm-hmm. official Dungeons and Dragons podcast. It was actually the same feed that. Uh, um, uh, Acquisitions Incorporated started on oh, wow. way okay. back in like 2008, 2007 in, in, in their live plays and various people picked it up at various times talking about uh, D&D design or, or, or whatever things were happening at the time and when I joined Wizards in 2015, I had come from a game journalism background and making content and doing podcasts and all that and um, when Shelly just very nicely as she was walking by my desk as I was like a couple weeks in she was like oh we're gonna go do a podcast do you want to come join almost like as an aside like you wouldn't even think I was going to say yes and I was like yes yes please let's go and so we had four hosts uh I think there was only one or two guests at the time so we were definitely the host to guest ratio was off uh and uh we had a great time we had a really great rapport we made each other laugh a whole bunch um and over time that developed into uh, us wanting to rebrand and 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 develop the folks that we were bringing on to the podcast mm-hmm. uh, inviting more people outside of the building of wizards of the coast there's tons of interesting people within wizards but there's also a lot of folks mm-hmm. with the building who uh have done amazing stuff and were inspired by Dungeons and dragons and so we started inviting them and then the floodgates all of a sudden opened up uh and we started talking to um you know hollywood uh, directors actors storytellers authors streamers podcasters all of these folks who are cosplayers uh educational professionals um map makers cartographers visual artists anybody who had DD as an inspiration in their lives and we realized just how much of a breath of 
backgrounds and and and, mm-hmm. and talents and skill sets everybody has and we really wanted to bring forth this idea that dungeons and dragons isn't or wasn't right a stereotype there was not one person who played dungeons and dragons it was all of these various people who uh were touched and and enriched by uh this hobby and this and this community and so uh that has become kind of what this the 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 whole premise of of dragon talk has and has been over the last seven years that shelly and i've been working on it together and then when we had the uh, uh opportunity to write about this uh community and and go into some of the um guests that we have had over our 300 plus 350 plus episodes it was just really amazing for us to be like well this is actually this is going to be a uh, a record of this moment in time this you know growth of the dnd community yeah. from 2015 to now has been you know unprecedented so many folks have joined um this community and we're so excited to celebrate all of them and hopefully encourage more people to jump in and if you're dnd curious just you know start rolling some dice because there's never a bad time to be had certainly not and it is it is such a cool window to look at because i I, you know obviously the game has got a a much broader history but i think that you know the the lens of the time period that you guys are examining at are is really where that diversification starts to occur and where you start to get a little bit more breadth and variety and um uh, different voices kind of jumping in and adding some some real dimension to it which is which is really cool anthony i'm still gonna make you ask questions even though we didn't roll initiative so yeah no, i was just muted there was <laughs> <laughs> um so for me i think my first question is like you're doing this podcast you've been doing this podcast for a while like when is that moment you're like we should make this a book and what kind of mm. like fueled that decision mm. Sure, I'll jump in. Uh, we can just be there and smile and be like, yes, well, plus one. <laughs> uh, well, and it was actually a, uh, Shelley had written two books previously around um, mm-hmm. this idea, right? That you don't have to be a certain uh, type of person in order to love Dungeons and Dragons and how she came to it late in life and um, was approached by an editor at the University of Iowa Press uh, who was a fan of both D&D and oh, cool. uh, Shelley's previous books and uh, we were a little bit amazed we're like is this is this legit is this real like are, do people really want us to write about the D&D community um, and uh, and she did she was a real person <laughs> we found out we were not being uh, catfish in any way uh, and it was really exciting uh, to be like oh let's write this proposal it's really kind of in, you know uh, I don't think the two of us obviously we have our 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 full-time jobs at Wizards trying to get the word out about Dungeons and Dragons, but we didn't think of a book around uh, 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 the podcast in general. And and in some ways, the proposal that we came up with isn't just about D&D, it's about the community. And we wanted to focus on that and show um, the breadth of people that we've interviewed and where they came from and, and what uh, touched them uh, around this game. And so it became this yeah, love letter to to the community and, and and wanting to to show different aspects of 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 how they um uh, you know were impacted by this game and and did it that way. So yeah, it really just was uh, uh, the opportunity came and we're like let's let's seize it let's let's write about this and show um our our kind of mark on uh, how this small little podcast that we've invited people on to come on and and, and chat um has has impacted both us personally by their stories as well as hopefully the the rest of you out there listening. 
No, that's 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 really sorry. My speaking of internet, something just dinged at me, and I am like a cat. Like, wait, what happened? Uh, no, <laughs> so, so that no, that's fantastic, and I think that's um, I, I think that's one of the things that's really intriguing about the podcast as as a whole for the, the, what you guys do. That it's not just a marketing piece for Watsi. It really is about engaging with the creators that are that are out in the space. Um, diving into the to the format of the book a little bit, is it? Mm-hmm. Is it profiles? I, I kind of is it you know about y'all's yeah. experience, about the overall structure, the history of the show, or is it more focused on hey, this is these are some of the stories that we've encountered? Is what what's kind of the shape of it as you kind of get into it? We start out with I mean because we realize that people may pick this up who don't have any uh, you know may not be as eternally online as so many of us are in the D and D community and know uh, the ins and outs of it. So we start off with just talking about what is D and D, which is mm-hmm. also really hard to encapsulate uh, and. <laughs> They go into our history with it. So we talk a lot about how, uh, you know, my upbringing, I wasn't able to play when I was a kid growing up because uh, my parents were Catholic and thought it was the devil's Mm -hmm. game. And and, and many actually of the stereotypes that we come to reject uh, throughout uh, uh, Dragon Talk, my mom thought they were true. Uh, And so I wasn't able to play until much later. Shelly similarly talked about how she came to a late in life and and then, you know, how our paths crossed and met um, throughout it and what we did with the, uh, 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 you know, for, for, our, for our day jobs. And then uh, we go into uh, 29 essays, uh, which each of us oh, write wow. from different perspectives. Um, so about a particular guest. So uh, like I, I wrote about like Matthew Lillard and, and, and introducing him into this D&D community. He was a D&D player for a long time. Uh, we talked to uh, Omega Jones and, and how he has used bards and, and his, uh, his, his powerful voice so much to, uh, to, mm-hmm. to mean something within the community. Um, you know, Shelly talked to, to uh, well, we, we all talked to him, but we had different essays from, from our point of right. view. So I wrote, yeah. I wrote some and Shelly wrote some. And that way it kind of felt like a podcast because we were mm-hmm. able to share personal parts and personal stories of why one particular interview or one particular character interview like touched us and made us you know want to to kind of expound uh, upon um one of which was 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 really fascinating as i investigated it more and thought about it a lot more was um nd stevenson uh who was the uh showrunner behind uh she wrote princes of power on mm. uh, netflix um, and uh, their relationship with uh, their partner and how D&D, how, how they came together through playing Dungeons and Dragons, but also how much that show was informed directly by D&D sessions that they had played together uh, as they were building um, the, the show She-Ra. Uh, so that, and then I relate that to some experience that I had with my daughter and, and, mm-hmm. and dealing with um, being a young kid. So what I love about she references a power is that it deals with friendships uh, at a young age and what those mean and how they can end. And that can feel mm-hmm. almost as bad as a breakup, you know, before you have the language to really understand what yeah. a breakup is. Um, and so that was really powerful and interesting. And it really had something, um, you know, affected me. And so I was able to write about it from that perspective. And so that's, that's, that's yeah, had the format of the book. We generally, we started, there's a big like preamble where we talk about D and D, make sure you're, you know, you kind of get the living play, living level playing field of what D and D is and the community is. And then we go into detail, uh, uh, having these essays back and forth, but there's also footnotes, some of which I write and some of which Shelly write. So there is some commentary in between, which makes it feel a little bit more like a podcast. So, mm. and some of it's some of Shelly's essays, you get her voice, which is uh, amazing and entertaining mm-hmm. and, 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 and uh, self-deprecating as, as we are on the podcast. Uh, and then I get to, you know, sometimes throw in a couple of jokes, maybe, you know, explain some references uh, in the footnotes. And, and she does the same on my essays. Anthony. So um, because there's, 
only me. This isn't. Uh, we didn't do the like, whole. Expl- <laughs> we didn't do the whole explanation of like. No, we normally I know. Roll initiative. I, and, I know. And there's, bounce back there's, forth. A, so, there's a whole. I, I say that to say that the the questions are like we're always all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, I've noticed I love it. on I love it. on your Twitter there's a. Uh, a lot of retweets of uh, next generation uh, images. Uh, yeah. So I take it. Uh, is that is that your is that your favorite Star Trek, or where where are we? It is. Yes. Uh, uh, I'm also doing in addition to Dragon Talk. I have a podcast called Reengage, uh, mm-hmm. where honestly, this was born during the pandemic, where it was engage. Like, yeah, September 2020, and I was like, I want to go back to a better time. Uh, and I started rewatching Next Generation, and I was like flooded with all of these memories of mm. being. I think I was nine when the first uh, episode of of Next Generation came out first uh, in '87. So it really kind of struck me, uh, and I loved going back and like re like having these memories. Um, and so, yeah, that's one of my other podcasts. So I do go back and uh, I, I, next generation is certainly my favorite Star Trek, uh, for that reason, because I was, it was mine, you know, it was, it was when, um, it came yeah. out when I was, you know, coming of age and I have all these memories wrapped up in it. That was, that one was like mine for the longest. My wife actually just got done with a rewatch. Uh, watch. Actually, she hadn't watched it all the way through. She just, uh, watched it all the way through, like finished it like a month ago. Um, and that was the one I grew up on. That was my introduction. Me and my mom shared that one. But in recent years, I've, I've converted to a deep space nine guy. Like on my second watch (laughs) of deep space nine, I was like, it's it's too good. I think, (laughs) I think this is not my favorite, but it's still, it holds, it holds a special place in my heart. And that was my introduction to star Trek. So I'm definitely with you on that. (laughs) I I love, uh, uh, that right because i because i actually fell out i was i went to college right when deep space nine kind of got good as people say mm. like right with season mm. two or three where they were the, the dominion war kind of like became like a much bigger part of it that's when i started mm. watching it for some reason i just got busy with life mm-hmm. and college and, and and readjusting and doing theater theater kid stuff in college um right. but i'm actually really because so many people have said that and i i uh loved what i saw of deep space nine early on um i just never got all the way through and so i'm excited actually perhaps if when we were in season four of uh next uh, next generation right now when we get to the end i want to go right into to having that same looking backwards and 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 feeling like what it was like when it first came out because the 90s were very iconic for many people uh and deep space nine is very iconic in that but then it's also great to like go back and look at it with our older eyes now right Mm -hmm. it it stands the time really surprising well i just did uh, a rewatch of both because i we were talking a little bit about podcast editing before we get on and one of the things that keeps me from going completely bonkers is having (laughs) something over here moving around that i can occasionally dip out and glance at um, and, and so, you know, w- w- rewatched all of the Star Treks. Uh, well, uh, Star Trek, uh, 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 shoot, I'm sorry, I'm totally wrong. Deep Space Nine and um, Next Generation didn't go into Voyager yet. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, I had to remove that from the background edit watch because that was, I just kept getting pulled away and kept getting <laughs> in, in, yep. in, engaged, no pun intended. So, I just recently discovered the new treks. Like I've, I just now started dipping into um, Brave New Worlds. Um, yeah, the uh, Discovery and Picard. Did a few seasons uh, Discovery, but haven't haven't jumped in the rest of them yet. I got to do that. 
Discovery is great. Disco- Discovery really finds itself in season three, I think, when they, mm-hmm. uh, oh, spoiler alert, go to the future. Shh, nope, nope, uh, nope. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they all die at the end. It's yeah, okay. they all die at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and there's dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> really super surprised at how good um, uh, Brave New Worlds was, man. That I, yeah. I really, it's just, it's got such a cool, a cool energy to it. So, Yeah. I, uh, I, I've, I've heard that too. And I just, I got so burned by Picard season two. <laughs> I was like, I need to take a break. I need to take a step back, uh, for a little bit, but I will get into strange new worlds for sure. Yeah. I, I, I just now have circled back around to Picard and I'm like, I can see the dourness that would turn some people off from this. It's definitely got a Logan meets Star Trek vibe that I don't think a lot of people are looking for in that particular type of media. Yeah. But we're here to talk about your D and D book. So, lest we, get, lest we turn this into an interview about your Star Trek, your Star, I'm sorry, Star. See, but that's the thing. We're all well, we're all well-rounded. Uh, we've got lots of interests and lots of things. And I think uh, that is very true. Well, look, and they, they all should absolutely inform each other. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, the, uh, that's why I was so excited to see Spelljammer come back. Because yeah. it was like, oh, see, I love, I love uh, some, hey, Shelly's possibly back. Don't know. Fingers crossed. Oh, it sounds like we can hear you this time. Really? Uh, yeah. <sighs> You're back. All right. And she's I was, back. I wasn't back. I've been here. What? what? We, we <laughs> accidentally cast invisibility. <laughs> <laughs> we decided to, 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 instead of talking about your book, uh, talk about Star Trek for the next 45 minutes. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. <laughs> hey, hey, Lee, thanks for joining the chat, buddy. Hey, so um, this isn't your first D&D book uh, or, or about D&D communities um, since since Greg has had the floor pretty uninterrupted for the last That's 15 Greg. minutes. Or so, so I've done a great job. Done, yes, done a great course. job. Oh, um, your, your previous book uh, was um, Conversations of a Part-Time Sorceress, A Girl's Guide to the Dungeons and Dragons Game. And then before that, Everything I Need to know i learned from dungeons and dragons one woman's quest to trade self-help for elf help um we recently had kat kruger on to talk about her dnd self-help book or dnd oriented self-help book um what uh i guess the question would be what what do you think about dnd lends itself to that that being a, a good vehicle for communicating that kind of writing um, were those, were those aimed at a younger audience or was I just in a, kind of a, a broader elf help book? <laughs> no, well, I guess I would hope that at all ages could benefit from the books. Um, but mostly the first one was Confessions of a Part-Time Sorcerer. And that one was, uh, spurred because I came into Dungeons and Dragons very late in life as an adult and as an employee of Wizards of the Coast. And they they made me play. <laughs> they said, <laughs> in order to do your job, you should learn how to play this game that we are paying you to market. I'm like, Ugh, okay, I guess. Well, I was wrong. I just, I did not think that D&D would be a game that I would enjoy. As mm. I like games. I like party games. I like card games. I like board games. But I just thought that D&D was a little too steeped in fantasy and if i didn't have a, a love of the fantasy genre mm. I, it just wouldn't be appealing to me right. but little did i know 
It's a storytelling game. It's just hanging out with your friends. It's making up characters and going on these amazing adventures, which is what I just do, which Mm -hmm. is something that I just love to do as a writer anyway. So I was convinced that there's obviously more people like me out there that have been wrong about this game and that think that there isn't a place for them in this community. And so the goal of that book was to really show a different audience all of the things that they could get from this game and from playing this game. And it really shouldn't be any different than your weekly book club or your weekly poker night. Why not just have a weekly D&D game night? And especially women, Mm. I really felt like if they're, this is a game that is really special, uh, it could be very empowering for women. And especially for young girls, too, because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that in the game that do make you feel very powerful. There's a lot of self-discovery in the game. There's a lot of safe spaces in the game where you can try out different facets of your personality or try out different parts of your life and just see Mm -hmm. what it feels like to be someone different in a very safe space. And that is actually, you know, that is true for many people. But I often think about one of our guests, Megan Connell, who's a therapist and how she uses Dungeons and Dragons as part of her therapy. And one of the stories that she told was that she had a group of teen girls that she she were in her practice and she ran D&D sessions for them as part of their therapy and how she really saw this incredible growth in these girls and how it's really hard to be 13 and say no and mm-hmm. to stand up to someone. But they were doing it in the game and they were seeing that happen in real life as well. So... Um, anyway, yeah, super powerful things that I was seeing with the game and just really wanted to share with other people. The other thing that I thought was really, and I still can't put my finger on it, but there is something really special about this game. Mm-hmm. What it is about this game that once you play it, once you discover it, it's really hard to let it go. Even if you play it as an eight-year-old child and then 30 years later, you haven't touched it it's still mm-hmm. a really big part of your life. Like you can, somebody could be like, Oh, Dungeons and Dragons. And it's like, you go right back in time to what it was like being a kid playing D and D in the summers in your friend's basement. And just the stories that you told and the adventures that you went on and the characters that you played. It's like D and D just really does something very special for people. And it's, I don't, I kept trying to put my finger on what it was. So that second book, everything I need to know, I learned from D and D was an attempt to try to live my life like my D and D character to see if, <laughs> you know, am I going to be a better person? Cause she's really awesome. And I just <laughs> think that there's parts of this game that if I could employ them in my real life, like maybe I would also be a super cool, badass sorceress, but yeah, that needs uh, to be seen. That is the employee review that I want to hear. Like, now, Shelly, um, you failed that persuasion check. So, unfortunately, we're going to uh, – that, that, that is really cool. And that was um, – that's been one of the more fun parts of coming back to the game myself is my – you know, getting my daughter involved. Like, my son came to me – two things happened the same week. My son came to me and was like, hey, Dad, have you ever heard of D&D? And I got invited to be on a D&D podcast. And I was like, well, now I have to start all over again. Um, and, and I told my son, I was like, look, we, we can do a home game, but you got to get your mom and your sister to play. Um, he is, uh, he's 10, she's 17. And you can imagine the enthusiasm that a 17 year old uh, girl might bring to play playing D and D with her brother. 
But once you got over that kind of initial teenage growl, she dove in with both feet and has absolutely loved it and engaged with it and been just a, a fantastic uh, table partner for, for him. And, and it's been, it's been a really, it's a, it's a blast and, and is, um, is something that, uh, that I will always cherish kind of that, that getting to have that opportunity as, as a family group as well. So Anthony. Uh, first things first, I'm going to give you a hard time. You dive with your hands. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen me. Like, there's no dive I do that's not a cannonball. All right? Like, you're, getting, you're getting the best fear from the shoulder. You go butt first each time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, my question is for, for both of you. Um, do you prefer uh, being a player or a DM? And why? Hmm. Um, well, I, I like being a DM. Um, I find it, it helps my uh, ADHD brain. Um, if I'm a player, I can sometimes, if you know the focus isn't on me, I can sometimes just you know be, become distracted too easily, um, and uh, you know just start waiting for 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 the time to act. I don't want to overshadow or always be in control, so I always kind of you know, drift off a little bit, um, unless. There's something that's uh, uh, super engaging for all of us, which oftentimes happens. But as, as a DM, I love feeling uh, that I'm always thinking about. I'm always listening. I'm always paying attention. I'm always uh, looking, you know, juggling three things in my brain at once, which is like what's happening, what I want to have happen next, and then like what just happened and how I can integrate it into what's going to happen next and all that. So those all those tendrils, I really, really love. Uh, and it feels uh, very much like you are um, on stage or, 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 or interacting with an audience in that way. And I love that. That said, I'm, it's exhausting. I dungeon mastering <laughs> all the time. I sometimes just feel completely drained and uh, I, you know, sometimes a lot of headaches and things like after that. So part of me was like, oh, maybe I want to go back to being a player sometimes and not be the always DM uh, for that reason. But if you were to ask me point blank, like you just did, Anthony, uh, I'd say DM <laughs> is, my, is my preference. In a hypothetical situation where you ask the question you just asked, I would say DM. <laughs> which I already just did. There you go. Shall we say question? This is a trick question for me, uh, but normally it's, I would absolutely say a player because of all the reasons Greg listed. Like I don't want a, a headache. I don't want all that prep time. I just. I can't. And I had some bad DM experiences and I just didn't think I'm, I just don't know if I'm good at it. And it's, I like being a player because I just like being part of an adventuring party. I like to support people. I like to feel supported. I love the bonds that we make. I just want to cast fireballs and just light things up. I, that is, I just want to show up and play. But I will say, and I just saw in the chat, DM Dracon. Mm -hmm. Okay. I am you and you are me because I too am starting a club for fourth and fifth graders soon, a D&D club in which I am well, I have volunteered my time and services to be a dungeon master. And the few times that I have played with kids, I will say there is nothing better. Mm -hmm. There is nothing better than DMing for those young kids. I never knew the fun, the joy I would I would do it all day. And I can't believe I'm saying that because I have always been so scared of DMing, but there is something about 
kids discovering this game and mm-hmm. like just seeing their little minds just crack open and they're like, I can do anything. Yeah. Yes, you can. You can. I mean, the dice will tell you if you did it successfully, but you can try anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. So I, I too would like advice for making D&D accessible to kids. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's that, that was one of the funnest parts of when I started DMing for my kids. It's like, oh, they don't know all the tropes and puzzles. I can seem like a genius to them because it's all new. That's yeah. uh, I think I think that's one of the funnest parts is to, you know, they uh, they, they are completely, uh, completely new to a lot of the experiences that the other players that uh, that, that you experience. Constantly. It, it does take uh, with all due respect, Greg, because I'm the same way. I am the forever DM for the most part. It takes mm-hmm. a special type of dysfunction to really want to do it all the entire time because it's, <laughs> I've liked, it's like hosting a dinner party where yeah, you try yes. to you try to kill everybody and have them say thank you at the end. So there's a yeah. weird balance there. It's a hard dance to dance, um, but but if you're wired a certain way, it is uh, it's incredibly fulfilling and, and uh, that makes the challenge somewhat somewhat worth it. So um, for sure. The going to the uh, to the to the back of the book quotes, uh, Joe, uh, uh, Shelley and Greg are the Regis and Kathy Lee of Dungeons and Dragons or Kelly and Ryan for the younger generation. Uh, they've been hard at work collecting the backstories of the game's biggest names for long before its modern renaissance. And the book is a f- fun and heartfelt peek behind the curtain. Joe Mangianello, whose name I said wrong, please don't ever tell him. Actor, writer, producer, D&D collaborator and disciple of Tiamat. So here's the question. Which one's Regis? Which one's Kathy Lee? And or which one's oh. Ryan? Which one's Kelly? I think that it's, yeah. Greg is definitely Regis. Sure. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> definitely. He's, he's Regis. But if, if it was Kelly and Ryan, I don't know. I mm. might be more Ryan because I feel like Kelly's more mm. in control. <laughs> His Ryan's just kind of there. <laughs> so, uh, I, I just recently, probably about, um, I guess when I started listening to you guys is when you had Navarre on, a uh, friend of the show, Navarre, uh, from Secret Nerd Podcast. Yeah. Um, that's really kind of what oh, yeah. triggered me to over and is to start listening to you guys. Like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and that's really when I dove into it. And at the end, you guys do like a, a micro adventure at the end of every podcast. What well, what's yes. kind of the genesis of that? And <laughs> like, what is it? It's pretty much just about like one action ever. Like you guys have got that lasered into where it's like, <laughs> can you can you paint a little bit of a picture about that? Because I, I am so fascinated by how well you guys do that. Uh, as small of a slice and still make it engaging every single time. Cause that's, that is, oh. that is quite a trick. Thank you. Well, thanks. Um, it, it came because we're really bad at ending podcasts. Um, <laughs> I hope you noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hardest thing in the we world. Don't know. Like, okay. We're done now. Goodbye. Cause we always want to say one more thing. Thank you. Or this has been really great. No, you, know. you've been really great. No, you've I don't know really what great. you're talking about. We, we, always end, we always start and end things with the smoothest transitions ever. And you're here. I don't know what you, what you <laughs> So we experimented with a few uh, like catchphrases and, or just like, and you know, there was rocks fall. Everyone dies at one point uh, when we were streaming, I had an actual <laughs> thing that was filled with D twenties that I would roll all over myself 
in an attempt to try to just get like an ending button there. Um, But it was, it was around the point where Shelly started doing the how to DM uh, segment on the show Mm, where I kind of want to just be like, Hey, look, I will just, I'll, I'll do a quick session with you. And we'll just see, you know, where it goes. I thought it was just going to be like for, you know, five or six episodes and just kind of Mm -hmm. like, you know, show it. But it has been really fun to be able to uh, continue the storyline of our two litter mates, Daryl Two Shoes and Drunky Two Shoes, uh, Tabaxi, (laughs) who have gone on so many weird misadventures and finding each other and being um, uh, uh, friends through it all. And and, and, and you're right, having these like little one action, you know, one or two roles per, you know, five minute session at the end of the thing. The problem is, is that we still are really bad at ending it. So we'll just be like, yeah. okay, good. I think now <laughs> we're done. Uh, thank you. Uh, see you next time. And then the slow fade kind of goes off because we're still always wanting to make a, a laugh and have fun with it. Um, but I'm glad that I'm, thank you so much for, for, for saying that because it's one of those things where you send things off into the void and you're not sure uh, people are even paying attention to this storyline that's been going on for, you know, two years, I think at this point that we've been doing these little mini sessions uh, at the end of the episodes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's joyful, I guess is the best word that I can describe it. And that's really what I think makes it so engaging. So Anthony. Yeah. I was thinking that uh, they're going to be uh, very surprised when Turner ends the stream by going, make stream end. That's how we end our stream. We, we, start, we start with a sneak attack and we end it's with make the bu- push the button until it stops. So that's, um, brilliant. <laughs> Whatever works. Yep. So my question is um, about the, uh, the new book. Um, if, and, and both of you might answer this question because you might not necessarily agree on the answer. If I was going to buy the book, for one particular interview, which oh, one would it be? And, and while you're at it, if you could tell us who your favorite child and or pet is, that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, my favorite child is gr- both of Greg's daughters. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell your son. <laughs> uh, no, he's the best. I love him. Oh, one interview. Do you have an answer, Greg? Because by all means, you should go. Oh, uh, I, uh, I'm going to say one that we haven't mentioned in a while. Um, and it's near the end of the book. So you have to read the whole book before you get to it. So. <laughs> no, this book does not allow skipping ahead. Mm, it's true. Uh, <laughs> but I, I really love each time I speak with B. Dave Walters. He has mm. embodied hey. so much about bringing uh, folks into this uh, uh, community of playing Dungeons and Dragons. He has uh, always been uh, a professional and and excited creative who just wants to make wonderful stories for everybody. Um, and he does so by lifting us up. It's mm. amazing. Like each time we've had him on, um, he has, it actually has been in a couple of moments where I think Shelly and I either collectively or individually been a little bit down and just by talking to him, we'll have huge smiles on our faces and be like, how did you, like, we were interviewing you, but somehow you made us feel better. Like, this is amazing. Uh, it's been so great. And so I, 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 I guess I'll spoil the essay. Like I call him, he's the fighter mage thief of the community because he's got so many mm. different skills and talents. He actually said that in his first interview that he likes to be the, the, the well-rounded character that takes forever to level up. But once he gets there, he's all powerful. He certainly is that as a person as well as a DMV player, but I'll posit he's also a cleric because he can also lift us up and inspire us and and uh, brings all that to it. So he's he's a true 
four class character slash person. What about you, Shelly? That's a good one. I uh, I love all of my essays the same. <laughs> I'm actually going to give my answer is actually one of Greg's essays. And oh. that is Cade Wells, who is a teacher. And I know mm. I talk about him a lot, but I think his story, it, Greg um, wrote about a time when he was teaching in Houston, Texas, high school, I think. And he yeah. started to bring a little D&D into the classroom. And he was trying to reach kids that were really struggling, either academically, either personally, socially. And he knows the power of this game. He has said often that uh, D&D is why he's still here. He has mm -hmm. said, like, you know, Dungeons and Dragons saved my life. I see that I see it saving other people's lives. He has become a pioneer of Dungeons and Dragons in classrooms. And his story is so impactful. And I, I'm choosing Cade because I feel like this essay and him as a person really embodies a lot of Dungeons and Dragons in general, just like the way that it does touch people and the impact it has, but also like how passionate our community is, how creative these people are. It's, you know, working together in a D&D game, you are constantly supporting each other and lifting each other up and everybody's taking on a different role. And sometimes you're the hero and sometimes you're the supporting actor. And it doesn't matter because it's all the same common goal. And Kate, that essay really embodies everything that mm. is really special to me about this community. So I'm going to I'm going to pick that one. Kate's. Thank you, Greg. That's a good one. And I can't believe I didn't fight you more on writing that one. But I know, right? It's weird. Yeah. 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 But he he was Cade really has done a number on both Greg and I. <laughs> like I think every time we talk to him, we're like oh, tears, like, like he just makes us cry because oh of God. how uh, inspirational he is. Yeah. He is. He tells. He, oh my God, can you imagine him and B Dave together? Oh. Yeah. Well, I think I you, would, you guys inspire each other. probably could make that happen, it feels like. It, it feels like that is the inspirational turducken that you guys could put together. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, we need one more. For a one, one more, one more. Uh, so uh, the, well, who, get, get the Games to Grow people in there. We're, we're big oh, fans of them. Right? They're in yeah. the book too, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, we, we, we do uh, our charity event supports, uh, coming up next month, supports Game to Grow. Uh, we do oh, a P awesome. fantastic community PVP tournament. Uh, but we make other podcasts come in and fight for a championship belt to support uh, Game to Grow. So uh, it's called it. Love very, the very, very creative, creatively called Gimme the Belt, because that's the kind of creative <laughs> juice we got going at any given moment. It's branding. Um, I like yeah, it. It's consistency yeah, it's and branding. That, that's it. Thank you. for, yeah. for uh, yeah. so, so you called Dave a fighter mage cleric thief. Um, speaking <laughs> of speaking of classes. Uh, if you had your druthers, what would be, uh, and, and I know, Greg, this is probably a, tr a trickier question for you being a forever DM. If you had your, like, what, what class do you typically lean to playing the most? What's, what's, your, what's your kind of go-to PC class or even multi-class as you, as you kind of settle in to play a new session? I, uh, I was a player for a long time, so I don't, I don't want to, I'm more preferring DMing now, but my mm -hmm. first character it was a half elf ranger mm -hmm. and that was totally Tannis half elven. That was Aragorn, all of those, um, tropes I loved from, uh, the fantasy I read in the eighties was, that was just me trying to embody that for sure. 
And I still love that to this day. I love the idea of being an elf, being in tune with nature, uh, being a little bit haughty, perhaps, um, <laughs> which is weird because I actually just like being funny and joking around the table. I'm not usually very elf-like, but mm. I think my aesthetic, uh, my aspirational aesthetic is to be uh, one of the Eldar. Uh, but I, I never quite match that get there because I just will just make fart jokes the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't see Elrond making a fart joke, although you know we might. It might oh, happen. You know, There's a power know, soon. We never, yeah. You never know. They, they're taking a lot of creative license. <laughs> Shelly, same question. Oh, I, you never forget your first love. And this is her, Astrid Bellagio, my elf sorceress. And so I, yes, I chose an elf for my first character because it, like, it felt very fantasy. It felt mm -hmm. very D&D. &D. And I chose a sorceress because I just wanted to blow things up. There you go. And I do, I just love... I just like magic. I, I just want to cast spells and that role suited me. Mm. I, I do really like uh, the combination of a, a tiefling sorceress as well. Mm. I think tieflings are quite uh, mysterious. It could be a little dangerous. And I just like, I like having that air of mystery about me, but I'm probably <laughs> always going to be a magic user. Yeah, I, I really dig the 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 kind of the variety of tieflings that the first version of Mordenkainen's brought out, where they added the full spectrum of of tieflings yeah. across all the different nine hells. And I was like, wow, this is a a a broader depth to I think any other PC race had at that point prior to the recent revisions through through the newer Mordenkainen's and and then on. So there's definitely some really cool stuff you can do on the tiefling side of things, both from a lore and mechanic side. So Anthony. Um Shelly, while you were gone, I explained to Greg that sometimes some of these questions get kind of random. Um, and they get, <laughs> okay. they get uh, you Here know, we, we go through, we, we look at people's Twitters, you know, we go, we try and find really interesting and kind of, you know, things that we can talk about. We, we've and gone through people's th trashes before. I mean, there are restraining there, orders in place. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a melted porter potty on your Twitter that <laughs> I imagine has a story that goes with it. <laughs> investigative journalism i love I just, it I, like, I, I, just, I just need to know the story of how <laughs> a melted you know, porter potty ended I up put it there because i knew a lot of people follow me that play D and i'm like of course they're gonna see this and want to know that there's a story or probably make up a better one but honestly we don't know what happened. Somebody <laughs> melted, blew up, lit up this porta potty that my neighbors are having their backyard remodeled, mm -hmm. and it's the construction workers' porta potty. And it's we woke up in the morning and it was gone. It was like the the wicked witch, like just <laughs> like just green goo wow. on this mm. on the grass and. All of us just like gathered around. It was like 17 neighbors just like, hmm. <laughs> this is not what you would. Nobody's ever asked me, what do you think happens if somebody lit a, a porta potty on fire? But this is not my answer. I would not have imagined that it just <laughs> melts into like wicked witch goo. And then the goo is still there. And then sadly, like two days later, we saw Honey Bucket rolling down the street and they'd like picked up their the remains of their mm. porta potty. It was so sad. Like it was like oddly sad to me. I'm like, Oh, R.I.P. Porta Potty is so sad. But like, there's no ring cam footage. There's no 
there's it just it just happened. It's like wow. a, someone <laughs> cast a fireball by mistake. <laughs> the secret, secret answer: It was a mimic, and somebody came by and killed it in the oh. night, and that's its course. You're a welcome. A mimic porta potty would be <laughs> terrifying. Writing that down <laughs> for future use. Yep, mm-hmm. it's definitely making it into our podcast. <laughs> I'll have the guys it's going to be on the battlefield, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yep. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yep. Be careful. That reminds me of the rat story. That my here in West Seattle, my wife sat down and there was a live rat in the toilet. Oh, we no. still don't know how it got there or why. <laughs> I mean, we freaked the f out. There was anything you could possibly do. We were just like, oh my god, what did you do that? She was smart and put like a thing on, like a, on top of the lid, so mm-hmm. that it wouldn't be able to get out. And I yeah. was a smart guy that was like, let me take this off and look at here. And then I'm like, I'm just looking around, and it scrambled out. It scrambled out. Oh wow! Yeah. And I like shut the door, and I ran, literally screamed, got on top of like a, a table. I was like, ah! <laughs> What do we do? I am not an adventurer going to kill giant rats in the bathroom. That is why we play D and D. It's a first level monster. They they didn't grow up in the country like we did, Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) Rats in the toilet. There are many rats and cockroaches in in, in the city, but we don't usually have to get them out of our house. Yeah, no, I grew up on a (laughs) ranch in Florida. Yeah, that was the least dangerous thing that we encountered. That's true. It's true. okay. Is it poisonous? Will you bite your finger off? No. Okay. You're good. It's just a rabbit. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. But <laughs> yeah, no, that is a, uh, that is a jarring experience and really begs the question, how did it, was it a trying to escape or trying to break in situation for that rat? That was, I, so we yeah. actually called an exterminator to be like, what's the deal with this? And they're like, do you live in West Seattle? And we're like, yes. How did you know that? They're like, well, we've been doing this for like 30 years. Mm. It's not, a, it's, it's, we have maybe gotten like 20 calls from this over this entire time. 12 of those calls have been from West Seattle. I live in West Seattle too. Really? This is it's not possible good. it may happen to you too. <laughs> But it apparently has to do with they, they get into what? the pipes and then that's the only way out. It was trying to escape. Like, so that's there, there may be some, uh, some breakage in the sewage pipes that they can mm. get in and then they, they're just trying to find a way out. Um, and uh, the weird thing about it, it was, I was actually really pretty. It was like a pretty rat. Like once it got out and got dried, it was like oh. furry and like, you know, it was like, it was, I still have pictures it's of it. I was actually like, rat. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Really just nice looking sitting there with I an like, air dryer, Greg, just blowing it down. Yeah, I just of a mani you. Yeah. Greg's That's like, here, here, here's a towel. Let me yeah. dry you off. <laughs> we have a change of clothes in the guest room for here you. You. <laughs> you can wait there until the exterminator comes. Start your new life somewhere. Go ahead, yeah, we we had uh, we had roof rats, which I didn't know were a thing. They're like, you know, we 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 heard scratching in the wall, and I was like, oh, we've got a problem. They're like, oh yeah, you got roof rats. I'm like, wait, what? There's like, wait, ro-? they're like, oh yeah, no, they climb up on the trees and they live up on your roof, and then until they can get down into your house, I'm like. This is a whole bizarre fantasy community that you've just invented in my head. I don't think you realize who you're talking to. Um, but pi- that pipe rats are far more terrifying than roof rats. Uh, you know, I think there's a whole underdark situation going on there. I don't know. I don't like the idea of them on the roof either. Yeah, we have we have crows, like a lot of crows around yeah. here, and and part of that is because I've been feeding them, begging them to be <laughs> friends with me. <laughs> I love crows. I love of, crows and I want them to be my friend. But one of you will teach me magic. One of them will. I will find will the right one. Familiar? And they will protect me. I know they will. But one of them, I'm assuming it was a crows, took a bag of dog poo and put mm. it on our roof. 
Yeah. How else? How else did it get there? Yeah. No. So save, save an effort later. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Roof rats. Rats in the toilet. Roof poo. We, we don't have uh, crows here. We have grackles in Austin. I'm in Austin, Texas. Anthony's in Dallas. That sounds uh, like a D&D monster. Uh, a grackle? gra- grackles are like uh, redneck crows. Basically, if you, if you took a crow and took away all its charm, you would have <laughs> grackles, basically. Because, um, you know, crows are crows got a little bit of a majestic, charming aspect to them. Grackles mm-hmm. will steal your breakfast tacos. They're like, yeah, hey, man, <laughs> I'm coming for that bacon, egg, cheese taco. It's not, uh, they are not. Uh, I'm looking them up. They are, uh, they're, they're, they're big, they're big, oh, aggressive. Oh, they're pretty. That, well, yeah, but again, it's really about the attitude. <laughs> they're just jerks. They're, yeah. they're just yeah, jerks. They're, they're the seagulls of the inland south, basically. So, uh, <laughs> now I want a breakfast taco. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys are both Pacific Northwesters. I think you both said Seattle, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, kind of, that's, that's where Watsi is, is located, right? That's where, are you guys, mm-hmm. do you guys work in the office or you guys are more remote? We're mostly remote. Since the pandemic, but when we yeah. were in the office, speaking of crows, this is an oh, odd yeah. thing. That when we were working on like Curse of Strahd, for example, uh, if we go out into the parking lot where the offices are in in Renton, there in this time right now in October, yep. there will be hundreds of crows, oh, thousands, and it is the most surreal, most Alfred Hitchcock moment you'll ever have in your life, <laughs> leaving the office, and then just hearing like this cacophony of like, remember you know that scene in Sneakers where they're trying to recreate like them going over the bridge and they hear uh, the birds like, and it feels like a party. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like a dinner party outside, and there's like rah, 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 flying everywhere, every surface covered with crows. Don't know why. Don't know why they're here. Other than the fact that we work on Dungeons and Dragons uh, yep. and that Chris Perkins <laughs> apparently killed one of their ancestors many years ago. And <laughs> that's why they're there. But I, hey, it, I just made that story up. It, it also gave you the opportunity to do cacophony as an unintentional pun. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony? Slam dunk. <laughs> uh, both of you have mentioned you like to play um, like board games. Like, what are kind of your favorite? like non TTRPG type board games. Like, uh, I, well, so my son is nine. So we play a lot of card games. We've been playing, we love Mysterium. Oh, wow. And we love, that's really good. He loves that one too. And then we like Dixit a lot. Um, and we've been playing a lot of throw, throw burrito. Oh yeah. Heck, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. I am familiar. Yeah, that I haven't, but haven't opened it yet. Oh, it, it's so fun. And then you have to is. get throw, throw avocado to mm-hmm. add to it yeah, as well. Yep. Uh, I know that this is a D and D one, but dungeon mayhem has never left the rotation. That has been a popular one. Um, yeah. So those, those are the most, uh, the most played in like the last couple of months, I would say, but Dixit's always, good for like even just like a before bed game yeah shelly and her family introduced us to uh to dixit which i love it's like art interpretation the oh, game it's so good so he, fun yeah the the most recent kind of D spinoff board game was uh rock paper wizard i think is the yeah. one we played most recently that one yeah. was a hoot i like that one a lot um and the kids the kids really dug that one um we uh we've been doing uh, they they have d- dove into Catan space most recently so um, the fact that I can get both of them to sit through Catan has been uh, has been a neat treat. So that's great. Um, so yeah, you guys obviously are 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 you the ones who direct the the guest selection for the most part? Is that do you guys get a little bit of direction from Watsi on that? Are you are you guys the driver? What is what is kind of the channel of 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 how you guys reach dip in 
ladle into the community to draw up that that sweet sweet content it's all us uh we back in the 2015 2016 it was me just on twitter finding people that were uh, amazing and doing great stuff and 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 you know in many ways just like cold dming them or trying to get in touch with them in any way possible to be like will you do this um and surprisingly how many people responded that they would i think mm. at the time it was a novelty uh and uh got a lot of folks into um the interview chair that way um and then when our jobs got a little bit more uh busy and intensive we uh were able to hire a producer um through um ryan marth who's our been our longtime audio engineer uh and lisa carr has been um booking a lot of the guests for us basically doing a lot of the the uh logistics of making sure everybody know you know is going to be there at the right time and knows the drill and, and and can get all that going um but she's been very instrumental in finding uh folks uh to to talk about uh their experiences and, and going outside a little bit beyond the normal circles of uh even uh, trpg twitter to be able to try to find new voices and people who are doing something interesting with uh with the game so it's been um not you know I, it's actually just been us as the executive producers of, of dragon top making that all happen uh it has not never been i don't think anybody of wizards uh was even aware that we were doing stuff like this uh, for, for a long time we were just like oh okay this is happening and then when they would hear about it from other people and be like oh okay i guess people are listening to this and what's going on uh, uh and so it's been a, a do you guys know who those people are in the basement with those microphones <laughs> <laughs> We used to have, uh, yeah, we used to beg for conference room space. We'd have to be like, oh, what's going on? You know, there'd be like, yeah. you know, toilets uh, flushing in the background, all the crazy stuff that would happen sometimes when we were recording without a studio in place. Uh, and yeah, it's been, it's been us making it, you know, for these, for these seven years, really. Cool. Anthony? Uh... Dodge action? No, no, no. There's only just a two. No? You don't get the dodge action. No. You can't, can't dodge action <laughs> in our norm, in our normal format. When Jazz hasn't uh, is isn't busy explaining why his computer broke in the chat, and they didn't oh. ship Harland off to a a mystery community. Uh, we we do action economy well, for, for the for the uh, for the. Um, want to know more about Greg's shirt? There we go. There I uh, see it. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, this is the Claypool Lennon Delirium. And I didn't know anything about this band uh, beforehand. I knew Les Claypool. I know mm -hmm. John Lennon, um, but it is uh, Sean Lennon and Les Claypool created a band together. And it is wow, basically Primus and the Beatles mashed together. So it's got the weird slap bass weirdness of Les Claypool's, you know, vocals with like a poppy, uh, you know, rock thing of, of the Beatles and Sean Lennon. And I, uh, loved it but this is just also a really cool shirt because it's like i don't know if you can see there's like a little cockroach looking out over the world um uh which is which is awesome and this actually matches the the purple lights i hear i got here in the background oh very nice very nice uh yes the guys we are uh, coming up in the last 10 minutes of the stream our guests have a hard out at uh at 8 30 our time so yeah i I see what you're doing. Uh, yeah, no, you're fine. You're fine. You don't want to be. You don't want to be the closer question. Um, I, I guess uh, what, as far as while going out and sourcing guests, what was what's been the person that you've been most surprised? Say, what was kind of the biggest? Like, oh, really? They're they're going to come on and come come on and talk to us. Uh, uh, what, what's been your biggest get in your opinion? Again, not not saying any guess is more very challenging. Other yeah, being nice, but uh, you know, who was the one that you were most surprised? Like, oh, they said yes. 
<laughs> for me, it was Dan Harmon. Um, when those awesome D&D community episodes were coming mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. he said, yeah, I don't even know how we found him to ask him, <laughs> but he said, yes, he, we had a half an hour with him. It was super awkward. I th- this was pre Greg. So mm-hmm. I think, so my husband Bart also works at wizards and he was instrumental in starting of this podcast. We needed a couple hosts to talk mm-hmm. to Dan Harmon. He had a very specific time that he could talk to us. Yeah. We had a baby in daycare. <laughs> so we were like, we gotta leave work early. We gotta get that kid. We gotta pay a babysitter. <laughs> to like sit upstairs and make that sure that kid does not cry for 30 yeah. minutes. <laughs> and while we sit, go to the basement and talk to Dan Harmon on a podcast. But it turned out really well. And he was super sweet and, and gracious. And um, I'm yeah, I'm still surprised that he he talked to us. Cool. Greg, since you said that was pre-you, you have to have a different answer. I do have a different answer. And it, it's it's actually not one that we, we uh, Shelly wrote about Dan Harmon and that whole thing in the book. So you can mm. get more details on that story in Welcome Good. to Dragon Talk. Um, way, to br- way to bring it back to the plug. Good job, sir. Yeah, we appreciate right, it. Right. Right. Gotta go full circle. Yeah. I'm, 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 so I'm good a pro. at that. Um, but I think my biggest get is still amazing to me. Not necessarily, they were, they were big when we talked to them. And this was one of those things where I was actually surprised that they said yes. Uh, but we talked to John August and Craig Mazin from script notes, the script notes podcast, which is a screenwriting podcast. Mm -hmm. And they had some pretty big credits under their belt when we talked to them back in 2015, but they've been always effusive in their praise of Dungeons and Dragons and how they had played together. And so I just was randomly be like, Hey, do you two want to come on our podcast and guest and, 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 and chat about D and D? And they said, yes, I still couldn't (laughs) believe it uh, at the time. And then of course (laughs) they've gone on to do uh, more stuff. Craig Mason is doing the last of us series right now. He just did Chernobyl. Um, And so we've kind of stayed in touch a little bit over DMs just being like man that was really good i really love it and yeah, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, we'll trade you know D stories back and forth sometimes so that that to me is one of those weird surreal moments where someone who has uh, a huge amount of cultural impact uh in, in in stuff that that is being made out there you know in addition to all the other folks that we talked to but like that just feels not not real to me still well and you've got a short film in pre-post production, what I do. Is yeah, it? we're in, we're in post uh, right now. We're talking about the music and the whole tone of that. It's called Ex-Husband. Uh, it's a fifteen-page script that I wrote um, back in like twenty. 2007 i think um and picked it back up and got some folks actually the the podcast uh we talked to uh daniel beckman and timothy reese about their uh, amazing uh, series called uh, brooklyn quarter they're now based in la and they were uh, uh, you know I, I talked to them initially because of them uh, doing a uh, live play on trpgs um and they had just made a short film and i was like oh do you want to make this short film i think it's actually really good i picked up the script you know after like 10 years of it being on the shelf and uh, I fell in love with it again. I was like, oh, man, this is actually who wrote this crap. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to make it. And they surprisingly said yes. And so we're uh, we shot it in late August, uh, two days in L.A. Oh, wow. Whirlwind kind of like trying to get as much in the can as we can and uh, as we could. And now we're going to start uh, um, submitting it to film festivals. We just 
tomorrow, actually, we're submitting it to South by Southwest uh, to see if they will accept it. So fingers crossed, we're, we're going to make it all happen. But very excited about that. If it gets accepted and you guys come to town, let us know. We'll buy you a breakfast taco for certain. Oh, for my certain gosh. Oh. That'd be awesome. <laughs> we'll, we'll, even, we'll even teach you how to keep the birds from stealing it. <laughs> we'll, we'll buy extras. <laughs> we'll buy extras and feed the birds. You, the, the trick is decoy taco. That is the yes. trick. Like, <laughs> just, just tortilla and cheese in that one. Anthony, anything to wrap up before we start? We start powering it down. No, any time for this random question, you're going to have them ask me. <laughs> well, yeah. So, what we traditionally do is at the end of the show, we allow the guest to ask the cast, not me, the cast, which is Anthony, uh, one question of their choosing that he has to answer. So, uh, similar similar rules apply. Uh, you guys, if you can't think of anything off the top of your head, you're welcome to take the dodge action and move out. But if there was one question you could you could ask Anthony, uh, what would it be? I got one. Do you got one, Shelley? No, you go for it. I want to know about N- Nutter's Neurology, the book that's behind you. Um. Uh, or, or, or just your books in general. Like, uh, uh, you know, what, what, what kind of stuff are you into back there? Um, so my wife is, has, uh, multiple degrees in multiple sciences. She's a doctor of chiropractic. She, <laughs> so all, anything you see back there that looks smart, it's my wife. That is, uh, that needs to be on a shirt. Anything smart you see there, it's my wife. Um, so. I like it. In, in, including the decision to marry her. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> noisy farm is all his, though. Wait, uh, Trekin, we're really getting worried if you're you're enhancing and looking at his bookshelf behind him. So, no, no <laughs> used to be like when I had it the other way, that was the oh, one the okay. kids books behind me. <laughs> the fact that he still remembers that is the problem. Yeah, no, it's, it's a little bit. Uh, our it's bully is our biggest fan. Uh, so, guys, we're going to wrap up. Of course, you can find uh, Greg and Shelly on uh, Dragon Talk, the official Wizard of the Coast podcast, which can be found at all the places you find your uh, podcast content. Uh, if you're watching the stream, it's because you've listened to our podcast, so we know you know where to go. So uh, check out Dragon Talk. It is absolutely worth a listen. But also, coming out December 5th, welcome to Dragon Talk, inspiring conversations about Dungeons and Dragons and the people who love to play it. Um, a, a book that I am excited to jump into and read because it sounds like uh, you guys not only kind of go back through and talk about your your greatest hits. I, I love the I love the format that it's y'all's take on the have written essays about those experiences. Um, I think that's I think that's really cool and uh, can't can't wait to get to see it. Uh, thank you so much for being good sports and, and coming on um, and and powering through the the technical issues. I know that can be frustrating sometimes. And thank you so much for for keeping at it and hopping on. We appreciate it. Uh, Gang, thank you for tuning in as always. And, uh, you know, once again, hope you enjoyed the stream. Make Make it in now. Hit buttons till it stops.